Welcome everybody into another episode of the Shake and Blake Show. Live. Well, not live. I do listen to this, but right now it's live. That's kind of how life works. From our rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, John, we're still, I'm, we're still, we're still, uh, we're still in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're stuck in our rooms. Uh, I am a little under the weather. I've got a bit of, you know, some cold symptoms. It was crazy just after the game yesterday. As soon as, you know, the clock hit zeros. I saw we didn't win. I was just immediately started getting sick. It's it's the craziest thing. I couldn't blame you. I w- I felt sick to my stomach. Yeah. yeah. Just man. Yeah. I don't know if we're desperate enough to do this, John, but I might put some sad music at the start of our uh the as our intro instead of our normal happy music. But um obviously if you didn't catch it, um K State on Saturday in front of a really great packed Ramlich Coliseum, eleven thousand people. Lost to Texas 69 to 66 in front of God, Jacob Pullen, and everybody. Um, <laughs> so this was a tough game, John. You know, we led by as many as 14 points. Um, and then Texas, I mean, if you want to, if you didn't watch this game and you want to see, well, how do we lose this game? Well, it's like, you know, Texas shoots 30% in the first half and they shoot 57% in the second half. You know, their leading score, one of their leading scores, Christian Bishop. I mean, good Lord, they're big men. He absolutely torched us time and time again. He scored all 14 of his points in the second half. You know, they outscore us in the paint in the second half, John, 22 to 10. Um, they get a bunch of points off turnovers. We just looked rattled. Um, you know, we had a chance to win it at the end, uh, but we couldn't get it done. Uh, we lose two games in a row for the first time this season. We lose at home for the first time this season. Um, what kind of comes to your mind uh, when you think of this game, John? Well, on top of that, you also have the third consecutive loss in Big 12 play as well, which is just a giant killer as well. But just kind of from an, an overall perspective on Big 12 play, when you're up by 14 points at this, uh, when you're up by 14 or any or anywhere near 14 or 15 points, you got to hold off your, your opponent because in the Big 12, you're going to see comebacks uh occur in the way Texas came back and just shot shot lights out in the second half and K-State was just not able to hold uh Texas off um and give all the credit to the Longhorns just the resiliency that they had to deal with um throughout the entire game just a really rough start in the first half when it looked like there was just a, a slew of fouls occurring all all around the same time um I'm going to hit ending in the second half. You got Texas just who was completely embodied by Christian Bishop and uh, Sir Jabari Rice, um, the, the latter of which is making a play for the league six man of a year. I mean, both of which had fantastic performances. I believe Rice uh, was coming off of a game against Baylor. He was hot uh, from a three point line um, as he was on Monday. He, he ended up with, with a double, double 14 points and 10 rebounds and, uh, you got Christian Bishop just completely bullying the 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 paint, in which I thought was going to be a strength for K State just with having David Engasson back into the lineup. Uh, but Christian Bishop he finished with fourteen points, six rebounds, and on top of that he came he came away with a game with pretty much the game winning layup since K State was not able to control on the other end. Um, just just a lot of things that that could have gone wrong at the end went wrong. Um, just a little bit of a probably the first coaching blunder 
uh, after a timeout um, we've seen from Jerome Tang and company this year. Um, because typically we saw throughout the past few games, he was, re- I mean, he and he and his staff were uh, really on par with the, with the adjustments uh, after the timeout, but it just didn't pan out uh, last night. Um, turnover. I mean, the, the main story is going to be turnovers. Um, just overall, he had 19 turnovers. Um, Texas did have 20, uh, had 17, but um, you know, just some of those turnovers came at the worst times possible. And, and I was, and a lot of and a, um, a majority of those turnovers came into the hands of Marquise Noel. He did not have um, a great game either. He would um, to me. You're either going to get um, the Marquise in which he's playing like the best point guard in the country, or you're just going to have some times in which kind of like yesterday is like, dude, what what are you doing? Um, so it it's just it, it it's just been kind of up and down for his sakes and um i i i don't know if it's ultimately he's getting into his own head too much after making too many bad decisions or um he if he's just completely uncomfortable within the situation being pressured all the time if it's uh two or more two or more players uh coming around him um just just stuff like that he did not have the best outing um some of the other guys didn't as well so um uh, kudos to texas man they they just continue to find ways to win on the road um and if you're able to do that in the big 12 you are definitely um you're definitely uh you're definitely going to be ranked uh, up in the top three without a doubt yeah they're definitely going to soar pretty high in the rankings and now you know they're still all alone uh i believe with a two-game lead um for first place and sorry a one game lead iowa state's in second still a one game lead for first place in the big so before we talk about this game anymore john because there's still a lot to cover um let's just talk about how cool it was to have jacob Pullen back in bramlage at the under eight timeout I mean, brett yormark was there too i forgot to mention brett yormark the big oh, commissioner was at this game too so to have jacob Pullen there you know at the under eight timeout we show him get a bunch of highlights i mean the ovation he got was unbelievable the jacob Pullen chance yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think they're, they're working, you know, I think they're trying to coordinate stuff to get his name in the rafters as soon as possible, you know, cause he's still got his own stuff going on, but I mean, it was, I just wanted to point out before we go any further, how cool it was to have Jacob pull in there. And I mean, the amount of respect, I think, you know, for a lot of the people watching, you know, our, our age that are at this game, John, and like Jacob Poland and Colin Klein, like defined our K-State memories of childhood. There are childhood heroes. When you think of growing up, your first memories of K-State sports, it's Colin Klein and it's Jacob Pullen. They didn't exactly overlap, but I think the two, you know, great times of K-State sports, it's, it involves those two people. Um, so to have Jacob Pullen back was just truly special. And that big polls chain he had, oh, if you didn't see it, <laughs> you should try and find it because it really is cool. ginormous. But yeah, so cool to have, you know, a childhood hero back in Bramlage Coliseum. Oh man, and what was he? What was also pretty cool was um the the um the video where he was uh, walking around Bramlage and he saw the bobblehead version of himself. He walked up to it and is like, "Oh, I could use a little more, a little more of, of a thicker beard." But that was really cool just to see him back in a in a in a in a big atmosphere. Just really uh, compared to uh, when he was playing back back in um, Bramlage as well, he is without a doubt, one of the biggest sparks in K-State uh, basketball history. I mean, the all-time leading score 
in basketball his in K State basketball history. Um, you you just think of some of the times uh, with Xavier game in two thousand and nine. Um, he went off. I mean, even prior to that BYU game in the second round uh, of the of the NCAA tournament, and then of course the was uh, the Wisconsin game uh, in two thousand and ten where. Um, he just completely juked out a guy and 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 got and got a pretty comfortable layup just uh settling how it just settling his greatness at K-State and just continues to uh just continues to intensify his career with just a lot of um highlighted moments, uh whether it's on whether it's on or off the court and particularly during the summer I got to see him at the TBT tournament in Wichita. Um, he he just went completely off, and real really when when TBT needed him the most, he he really uh, came away with some pretty big shots as well. So um, he was a legend. It was great to see him last uh, yesterday as well. Yeah, he tr- he single handedly tried to carry a basketball team to a couple wins in the TBT. He got one, but didn't quite work out in the second. You can't forget the St. Valentine's Day massacre either. Dropping thirty eight oh, on top ranked KU. Um, I don't know if it's still the most points scored all time against the number one ranked team. I know it was at the time. I have vivid memories of the next day watching Sports Center in the morning, Jacob pulling all over it. So cool. Anyway, let's get back into this game, John. Let's kind of start from the beginning here because, I mean, second game in a row, um, Keontae Johnson picks up two fouls pretty early. He's kind of out of the picture for a lot of the first half. Uh, but we're still attacking the paint early. It wasn't, you know, the offensive clinic. It was against Texas. Um, it was kind of the inverse. Where it was a little bit of a slow start for both teams. But, I mean, Desi Sills hits a nasty, Harden-like step-back three, even, like, pauses a little bit just to really rub it in. We're up 23-14, to 14, feeling good, 34-20 to 20 at one point. Um, and then, you know, Texas gets the last play of halftime, and Serge Boy Rice, you know, I think Tyke Green fouls, Serge Boy Rice with .4 seconds left shooting a three. He makes all three. So we're up 11 at half, feeling good. But, you know, knowing how this game turns out, it really hurts to make such a, you know, kind of undisciplined play at the end of halftime, giving them three free points before you go to the break. Mm -hmm. And then that second half, I mean, it was just, we could not stop them at all. This is where we start to see the dominance of Christian Bishop. Again, scored all 14 of his points in the second half. Um, It was so, he's just like, he reminds me of that Nebraska guy we talked about earlier. Just so he just like gets under your skin. He celebrates so hard after every make. It is so annoying to watch on the other side, but I mean, he played out of his mind, David Gasson, baby, Egiola. It didn't matter who guarded him. He, he was just, I mean, he was bigger. He was stronger. He was faster. And we, I mean, we didn't really try to front arm or send any doubles. It seems like we were just weren't ready for it to be fair. You know, I mean, the last time we played, uh, Texas he Christian Bishop played seven minutes you know I mean that was a different game yeah. it was kind of more of a track meet but you know he utterly dominated this game the fifth time he was in uh, double figures this season so not exactly a consistent score but he came to play in this game Um, I know there's you know I think I don't know if this was going through your mind John to start that second half but when they're making this run I mean at one point you know they go on a um Let's see where I have it here. A 14 to four run to start the second half and they get to a one point game, 40 to 39. We don't call a timeout at all, um, which I thought was a little, I think if Jeff, if Jeff Mitty's the coach of K-State there, like 90 seconds in, we were calling timeout. It's just a different coaching style. I mean, Tank said in the press conference, he didn't think his guys were like rattled. 
I don't, it didn't have to do anything with it. I think Texas was just making their shots. I mean, you get 57% in the second half. They were unbelievably efficient. Um, yeah, we Both teams still had three timeouts with two minutes left to go. And I was like, this is going to be like a 30 minute game. But I mean, back to kind of the start of the second half, just sloppy turnovers and they get it to a one point game and the, the air's just kind of been sucked out of Ramlage and it kind of were just really holding on for dear life. Yeah. I mean, you, I couldn't have uh, said it any better. I mean, especially in, in the, in the first half, you had Keontae Johnson coming in, um, leading the team with 16 points he was six for ten um coming also coming away with three rebounds but I guess the one nitpick um to me is that how how Keontae wasn't able to get a set in the last two minutes was just beyond me I mean I was texting Anthony George's of Walk at 91.9 about this I mean he has been he was able to like it wasn't the easiest looks but he was able to get a bucket almost every time when he was able to make a move um towards um the likes of either timmy allen or marcus carr um but it hasn't fully panned out and i i wonder as well if Keontae was 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 supposed to be the one that was supposed to have the last shot because to me i did not think uh ish was supposed to be the main man especially with how he's performed uh in this matchup i mean he finished one for nine um but I guess, I mean, they, they possibly su- suspected that they wanted the ball in his hands before the last shot, just with the way he's played prior to the matchup against Texas. And, I mean, he's made he's made those deep shots before. I mean, with the Baylor game uh, just a few weeks back, and um, j- it just didn't pan out to be his day. And I guess possibly there just may have been some miscommunication um, on, on whether it was the coach's end or it was Marquise. Marquise Noel's end as well. So um, just a frustrating way to kind of close out the game. I mean, you had a lot of great looks, um, but but at the same time, just a lot of um, just a lot of boggle passes and uh, just misdirection leading and leading to additional turnovers that, that were just going to cost K-State. Yeah, that's ultimately what costed us. I mean, this last minute of this game is pretty crazy because Marquise Noel, it's a really tough floater. Um, they give us the 66-65 lead, and, you know, we're going crazy. We finally – you haven't had the lead in a while. I mean, they took a 46-45 lead, um, and then it was pretty much Texas all the way up until that last minute. They were up by as many as six, I think, at one point. Um, but they go right to Christian Bishop. He absolutely cooks Bebe Igiola with a spin move and finishes. I mean, you just – that's I, – I don't know why we're not immediately sending doubles – to uh, Christian Bishop the way he was playing. But, I mean, I don't know. It just – I don't know if you'd be able to stop that guy given his size and what we were working with. Um, so – but we don't uh, we don't call a timeout coming out of that play. Uh, we just – Marquise Noel drives. He gets blocked. We get the rebound. Naquan's got it like 15 feet from the basket. But it just seems like there was a little bit of timidness when we don't have a set play at the end of the game. And they were just going to throw it to Marquise, and he was going to be the guy to get it. So Marquise gets blocked, you know, um, we get that offensive rebound to Naquan. He kicks it into the corner to Marquise, and then Marquise gets the ball stolen um, from behind. And, you know, they make two free throws. We're down three, you know, five and a half seconds left, you know, on that um, half court line. You know, what's your own thing going to do? On that last play you had talked about earlier, John, I mean, I think Keontae Johnson or Ish Masood was the option. Um, they run a little flare screen for Johnson, hoping that either, you know, the screen works or they double Keontae and Ish is wide open, but Texas defends it really well, to be fair. 
Um, yeah. It's always tough, you know, when you're down three with five seconds and the other team knows you need a three, you know, so that just makes it, that's a really tough um, thing to draw up the perfect play, uh, but it didn't go our way. And, um, you know, I think this game was bound to happen eventually. We weren't going to win every close game of the big 12. Um, you know, we'll talk about our schedule going forward, but I think we've got a chance to make a run these next few games. Well, I was a little bit surprised late in the game because I was, I was fully expecting for Texas to foul uh, K-State. I mean, like not, K-State was probably not going to get a shot off before they were going to get fouled. So, I mean, that was just what I was fully expecting. Betson, possibly Marquise or um, Keontae to the free throw line just to shoot two since both teams were in the double bonus. So, I mean, I was fully expecting for Texas to, um, to, to, to foul there and not give K-State a wide open look, but, yeah, you're you're right. It just didn't pan out, and uh, it, I mean, I guess another thing to put into consideration as well is just some of the top leading scores for Texas as well. They didn't they didn't even play their best. Tyrese Hunter, Marcus Carr, they averaged ten points each, and uh, same goes for Timmy Allen. Um, Texas only shot twenty five percent from from a three point line, and they preserved him in possibly the most sloppiest way possible. <laughs> Just a lot of stalled offensive moments on both sides, but um, you know, it 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 is the it is the six man that does come into play with uh, Christian Bishop and especially Serge Jabari Rice. I mean, he had some really good looks. It just looked as if he could not miss from deep. Um, he he was also just he was just spot on from a free throw line as well. Um, so you you I mean, you can't really do much about it now. You just have to keep on looking forward. I know the coaching staff just came away just unfamiliar from uh, just completely unfamiliar from a fan perspective because um, they they knew they wanted to they wanted to win this for the home crowd they they were expected to win this one and possibly be, it was possibly the first time we saw a a more disappointed and let down basketball team uh, when the clock strikes zero. Yeah, and I mean, Tang talked about in the post-game press conference, you know, he hopes the team is as pissed off as he is, and if they're not, they're going to figure it out pretty quick. And, I mean, this they've got forty hour, 48 hours to kind of turn it around and go up against a TCU team that may or may not have their best player. Um, I haven't heard any... Players with an S, because because you, you have two players uh, who, are, who will likely be in question uh, with Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin. Eddie Lampkin's questionable. I did not hear about that. That is he did huge. he did not play at Oklahoma State this Saturday. Okay. Oh, so that explains what the why the score was the way it was. So I mean, you've got a chance to turn around against a beat up TCU team that is not the same without Mike Miles, who's the Big Twelve preseason Player of the Year. You know, he averages the same amount of points as Keontae Johnson. So if you imagine K State without Keontae Johnson, that's TCU without Mike Miles. They're a totally different team. And Eddie Lampkin. I mean, you know, we've talked about how Christian Bishop was giving us a ton of trouble um, in this game. A Lampkin is a certified hellraiser, um, and he would definitely give us a lot of trouble in the paint. So if he's not able to play, that would those two out both out. That is a huge break for us. Um, and we know how good TCU is. We played them in Fort Worth, and they had, you know they kicked our butts. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, this stretch coming up, John, you've got you know banged up TCU. You know, you go at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma, which is tough. But they're two, you know, two teams near the bottom of the Big 12. Iowa State and Baylor, both at home. Again, really tough. 
but at home we've seen you know Iowa State obviously just you know gave it to Kansas at Hilton Coliseum but we know they're a totally different team you know blowing you know 17 point leads against Texas Tech when they're on the road so it'll be really interesting to see um and apparently there's a amazing Sladek halftime act we'll see what that is John okay um, Anyway, right. you got, they got, you know, Baylor, another tough team, but it's at home. And then, you know, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, West Virginia, those are tough games because it's the Big 12. But if you're going to pick some games to make a run, I think these are the teams you're going to want to play to uh, make some runs. Um, just as a side note, while I was thinking about halftime acts, um, oh our, the halftime act for this game was pretty good. Christian and Scooby, awesome. if you weren't oh there, it was uh, it was this guy in a little chihuahua doing, like, balancing stuff, and the dog was was very cute. Um it was it was a lot of he dunked a basketball pregame, which I think was really fun for the little yep. tease. Um, so uh, that was that was another bright spot of the game. Luckily, yeah. you know, uh, best fan experience in the Big Twelve. But getting back to this, um, yeah. obviously sitting solidly in third place in the Big Twelve right now. Um, you know, Texas and Iowa State, two games behind Texas, one game behind Iowa State. You've got a chance to get that win back against Iowa State now. Um, but you know, and then it's K State, KU, TCU, Baylor. All of those teams are tied for third right now, but I mean, you some of these some of these other teams haven't played the teams like K State has, and we, I think we've got a good shot to make a run in this back half of the Big Twelve, and maybe I mean maybe only lose one more game. You know, if we're um, thirteen and five, the way the Big Twelve is this year, I think you've got a really good shot of at least like sharing a Big Twelve regular season title. Now it's tough, but I think it's doable. Yeah, and, and the schedule favors you tremendously. You got the top six teams in the Big 12 on the road. Like, that. that's off your radar. Now you get some of those games at home. Well, for your remaining road games, as difficult as they are, are the are the bottom four teams of a conference. And um, I'm clearly not overlooking TCU in this next matchup, but you do get um, Texas Tech and Oklahoma as your next two road games. And we saw... And I, I would say Texas Tech is a little more of a tougher outing than Oklahoma, just with the way Oklahoma just completely collapses during the second half. It's just – I saw a little bit of a performance against West Virginia, Oklahoma State. They just could not get anything going uh, on the offensive end. But um, for TCU this Tuesday, I mean, the Horned Frogs, I mean, they were bringing ice-cold shooting in the first half. I mean, they were – they trolled as much as 19 before uh, a bit – a few big second half runs um, TCU. Uh, I believe they were ahead for like four minutes to play in the game, but Oklahoma state responded with five straight points um, to really put the game out of reach in uh, Stillwater. I think, I think Oklahoma state and Stillwater now, I mean, that's going to be a really tough outing. Uh, not only are you dealing with an electric defense, but you're also getting a more uh, juice of Gallagher, Iowa arena as well. But uh, that's well. That's more for well. well that's more uh, of a topic for another day. But um, it's it's the Big Twelve. You can't have any, any off nights, and if you're just not having your your best outing, then it could come back to bite you. And uh, this T and TCU. I mean, whether whether or not they'll have their starters, uh, they'll be looking. Uh, they'll be pretty hungry to give uh look for another win. Yeah, definitely. Now, obviously, as uh you're listening to this, probably. The AP poll rankings have probably already been released, but I mean, we're seventh, you know, in this previous week. I don't know where we're going to head this week, John, probably not too far, you know, two top 10 losses in the big 12, one by, you know, three points, one's KU on the road. 
I mean, I'd say like 10 or 11. I mean, I don't think we dropped too many spots. We're not going to like 15 or something. You know, we don't have bad losses. Um, so I would imagine we stay. I mean, I think Joe Lenardi's got us as a three seed um, after this yeah. game. So, you know, are our Big 12 championship, is the season over because we lost two games in a row in the Big 12? Absolutely not. There's Absolutely no need to overreact. Not. You know, we blew a game. Listen, you know, stuff happens. You know, <laughs> the fact we're here at all is uh, nothing short of amazing. So, you know, make sure to not take it for granted. But, I mean, you know, I think there's a chance to make a run here at the end. And, you know, this season is long from being over. Uh, there's a lot of basketball left to be played. I mean, KU's got it brutal. They got whooped by 15 against Iowa State on the road. And now they got to come and play mm -hmm. Texas Monday night on ESPN. So that's going to be tough for KU. We'll see what they do. Um, but overall, I mean, you're not going to drop too far in the AP poll. Still a chance to make a run. Uh, still going to be a really good seed heading to the Big 12 and a strong chance of getting a Big 12 regular season championship. And you – and. Not just – I feel like it's not going to be not just K-State not falling down a lot because of the teams that they played, but um, you got a few other top 25 teams that came away with some gi gigantic losses as well. I mean, Gonzaga came, uh, lost to St. Mary's. Uh, you want to talk about well, – I mean, KU and Iowa State. Uh, number one, Purdue lost to Indiana as well. I mean, just a few more upsets occurring as well. Miami beat Clemson. Oh my gosh, Nigel Pack just continues to go lights up. It makes me sick <laughs> as well. I want to talk about sick, just uh, that, that's a gut puncher. Um, so yeah, so you just have a few other top 25 teams. Oh, and TCU as well um, that came away with losses. So I feel like just in the position K State is, um, I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet. All right. I mean, you're 18 and three. I mean, it's a, you have a few, you have a few losses already. Um, but there were, but again, it's to the top, uh, two of the top six teams and possibly two out of the top three teams, uh, in the big 12, what, whichever way you think of, uh, uh, you think of with Kansas as well. So, um, it's going to be, it's just going to be a completely different poll. And, um, re regardless of where we rank, we're just going to have to see, uh, what goes from there. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not really that big of a deal to the team. And, you know, it's just about getting the seating right now and getting a good spot. So uh, looking to bounce back against TCU, I think we will at home. I mean, it's still going to be a really great crowd. This team's going to be pissed off. I mean, I think it's a possibility for a statement game against TCU. Uh, with that, John, let's go ahead and move on to women's basketball real quick before we get out of here. Uh, women's basketball team played on Sunday today on ESPNU. Um, weren't able to get it done against Texas Tech. They fall 78 to 68. Um, it's a similar story that we've seen in previous games, John. You just don't get off to a great start. You're down 10 at halftime. You know, you try to kind of crawl back near the end of the game and you're just not able to get anything done. And it kind of just stays at that 10 point deficit. Um, so it's just kind of kind of disappointing, um, especially after such a big win against Iowa State at home. But, I mean, the story of this game, just looking at the stats, it's free throws. Yeah, Serena Sundell, I mean, 16 of 18 from the free throw line by herself. Uh, it's 27 points. She only takes seven shots, and she has 27 points. You know, we that's really – that's, that's a career high for Serena Sundell as well. Oh, nice. Well, congrats to her for getting that. You know, 90% at the free throw line, able to get it done. Texas Tech, I mean, 56% from the free throw line, 13 to 23. Um, you know, the fact that they're 56%, you know, you think, how do they win this game? But 
And we just could not get the, you know, 20% from three, just weren't able to really get things together. You got your big three scoring, but not really getting any production from your bench, really relying heavily on the starters. Um, You know, your Mm -hmm. six man only plays 14 minutes. Everybody in the starting five plays 30 minutes plus. You don't see any Heavenly Greer or or, uh, Eliza Maupin coming off the bench in terms of uh, big woman production. So it's just a bit unfortunate. Uh, You know, this is just, this is just a tough season, John, you know, to see what this team can do without Aoka Lee. um, It's just such a shame to think about what this team could have been if Aoka Lee was able to, um, you know, play out the season. Yeah. I mean, this team had a a few opportunities to come back today. I mean, you had uh, Gabby Gregory coming away with, coming away with 16 points. Uh, Bradley, Bradley Glenn had 12, but um, uh, this game was just about uh, tied in the third quarter. K-State used a 12-1 run to pull within three. Uh, what was it? 49-46 with three with three and a half minutes left uh, to go in the third quarter, but Texas Tech just uh, eventually got a stride going with K-State shooting a little bit colder and a uh, little bit cold in the fourth, in the fourth quarter. Um, Texas Tech put, uh, had four players in double figures, um, and of course it's Bree Amber Scott who who just let who just lit us up. But the first time uh, first time in Manhattan, uh, she came away with eighteen points, including seventeen well seven oh seventeen of her eighteen points came in the second half. Um, you had Shavers adding seventeen points and seven rebounds as well. So um, a, a little bit of a I, I wouldn't say letdown game because K State came away with. Um, with a valiant effort. I mean, I'm not into moral victories, um, but you, but it was pretty close, but just not enough to pull, uh, to pull it out. So um, just a little bit of a disappointing ending as well as the cats move forward to play Oklahoma. Uh, well, I believe, well, they have a buy on, they have a buy this, uh, this week. And then they get Oklahoma on Sunday as well. So definitely uh, much need a breather uh, for Jeff Mitty squad. <laughs> Yeah, they've got a week off before they play on Super Bowl Sunday um, at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. on ESPNU. So before, you know, I mean, you know, us Chiefs fans get ready for the big game. Uh, you can, you can check, check out some women's basketball at Bramlage Coliseum. I mean, I know the Super Bowl is going to have like, you know, six hours or 12 hours of pregame content. But do you really need to consume all of that? I mean, you could come out to Bramlage Coliseum and support your women's basketball team. They're going to be on ESPNU as well if you'd like to tune in there. So John, do you have any final um, thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, I guess, I mean, you mentioned with the Brett Yormark appearance in the uh, Bramwich Coliseum as well. They were celebrating earlier today, the new opening, uh, the the grand opening of the indoor facility. So shout out to everybody who's contributed on that front. Um, (laughs) I mean, uh, with that being said, I mean it was a good thing he left um right after halftime because um <laughs> the big the fans weren't having it with the officials and it's just been so much irony uh to to see them to see them cheer for Brett Yormark and next thing you know, um maybe a, a few bad calls uh, on both sides and the fans were just not having it with the officials. So just some irony I was thinking about there for a second. But um uh, we'll see if the cats are able to turn around on Tuesday. I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned with the indoor practice facility. Yeah, the ribbon cutting ceremony was February fourth on Saturday, so it's cool to see that yeah. open. I believe they're going to turn the other indoor practice facility into an indoor like track facility. So I think yeah, that'll indoor- be cool for the track team. Yeah, 
yeah they, probably... were, they were considering in, yeah indoor track i think they were also um thinking about a few indoor tennis facilities or or I'm sure or the tennis would love that <laughs> indoor soccer facility as well or just a lot of combinations. I mean, I'm not into the I'm not in the athletic department. I I wouldn't know as much. I I wouldn't know as much as the common K State fan would, uh, unless if you're uh, some some donor or something like that as well. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, lots of th- great things going on at K State. You know, Gene Taylor's just hitting home run after home run. So, got to give a lot of credit to him. Uh, let's go ahead and get out of here, John. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, shakingblake 785 Follow the podcast and leave a review. Uh, all the links to anything you need will be in the description of this episode. And cast by 90. That's by 90. Oh, shoot. Ema. Ema. Here we go. <laughs> Ba 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 ba